Welcome to Max Volume, where we deliver loud takes at ceiling decibels. I am your host, Maxwell Lewis Sanders, and this is episode 91. For those new listeners out there, Max Volume is a podcast that worships at the altar of pop culture, a place where the silly and inane are of the utmost importance. It's a pod where we discuss heavy topics like Vin Diesel's directing skills, Tom Sizemore's wasted potential, and how the trading montage is the best part of any sports movie. No quote too minor, no side plot too small. There's a pod for the TV geeks and movie freaks. So welcome all weary travelers. Your boredom ends here. Before we delve into the topic at hand, let's start with five minutes of Seinfeld-level daily observations. I am dragging today. I just spent like an hour on my bed kind of just waiting to do this podcast. I was like, I should do it, but I'm not going to do it. I'll do it eventually. I'll do it. Let me check CNN one more time. ESPN, The Ringer. Nope, same still, same articles are still up. You know, it's like when you're you're like laying down, your head's upside down. You're like, oh, I don't want to do anything. I've had like three cups of coffee today. Still nothing. Got dark at 5 p.m. Depressing. Civilization is collapsing. There's like 8,500 cases of new COVID in uh, Michigan, like 150,000 nationwide. It's cold out, and I locked myself out of my house today at some point. I had a friend figure it out for me because, you know, I don't figure anything out on my own. But I I figured it out eventually, or someone helped me figure it out, so I got in. Uh, But that just makes you feel like you're like, I'm stupid. (laughs) I I can't even get in my own house. (laughs) Uh, And it's cold out, like I said. Some days just aren't meant for productivity. But luckily, I got my inspiration for my topic uh from my dad this week actually so i was watching my weekly family movie my family watches one movie every week we get to pick in order of age so you know it's like it goes my mom my dad my brother-in-law me my sister and then repeat i don't know why you need to know the the ages of them or like why why am i why am i explaining what it's like to go in a circle of picking stuff anyways it was my dad's turn he picked the martian really freaking good I mean, even like, even though you know he survives, spoiler alert, it's five years five years ago, get over it, that the last 20 minutes, you're really tense. You're like, oh man, what's going to happen? But you know what's going to happen. But uh, I was watching, because I've seen it a, a bunch of times, halfway through, my ADD brain got to thinking, I was like, could could Ben Affleck pull off this role? Could he have done it? You know, I went with that like Stewie Griffin high voice. Hmm? Could Ben Affleck do it? Could Ben Affleck be a... Uh be a NASA scientist stuck on Mars for over a year and be really thin and kind of a jackass. Mm -hmm. So then I thought, who do I like better? Matt, Matthew, Jennifer Damon or Ben Jemima Affleck. Uh, Those aren't the real middle names. Those are just fun ones. I thought it would be in there. So it's that kind of day. All right. I'm just, you're going to have to bear with me a little bit, but anyways, Affleck or Damon, Damon or Affleck, Ben or Matt, Matt or Ben. So it's a fun thought exercise. So why not make it a podcast? Like they're both Boston guys. Woo. I think Cambridge is where they're from. I'm from Newton. So basically the same places. So shout out them. Shout out Boston. They're both buddies. You know, they came up together and and they wrote, I I think their big break was, you know, Goodwill Hunting. They wrote together. So that was like when they really like hit stardom and they won the Oscar for best script. I think that script was circulating around Hollywood for like four or five years and no one would want to make it. Fun fact about that script actually Goodwill Hunting is actually only half of the script they initially wrote. They wrote another half of the movie that was Will Hunting going to the CIA and being like a super spy. And I think Affleck eventually turned that 
part of the script into the accountant, which was terrible. So good call that they only used half of it. But like they have seriously different personal lives. They're just very interesting dynamic of how celebrity changes people. Like Matt Damon's a homebody. I think he's been married for 15 years, got a bunch of kids. One is like a tabloid monster, Ben Affleck, dating, you know, Jennifer Garner, cheating with the maid or the nanny. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, you know, like in and out of rehab a few times. I think he's dating someone 25 years younger than him now. One, Matt Damon's clean cut. Uh, ben Affleck has a giant Phoenix tattoo on his back. It's a really bad tattoo, too. I have 318 tattoos, and they're all awesome. And you see that tattoo of a Phoenix on his back that covers his whole back. And the, dude, the dude's like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and like got a nice big old canvas for a back. And you're like, oh, man, that is, that is a waste of a back. Just bad, bad call, bad. And usually I love tattoos, bad or good. And that one, I'm just like, I don't know, it's orange and blue and like the face doesn't look great. And I don't know, just bad, bad job, Ben. But I mean, he's had a lot of troubles, but both of them are like, they have similarities too. They're both really funny. They're both A-list. They're both handsome, like incredibly handsome in different ways. You know, you got Affleck as this kind of hulking, tall, square jawed, intimidating, wise ass, and kind of like the best version of what Vince Vaughn wanted to be. And Damon's more cerebral. He's got one of the best talking smiles. Like when he's talking, he's talking through a smile. Him and Denzel Washington can do it better than anybody else. He's got that boy next door look. He can't play the villain for the most part because you just want to like him. Like you want to hang out with him. He's got this kind of charming insecurity that Affleck doesn't. Although he did play the villain in School Ties as kind of a smarmy, smart-ass kid who was like from a rich family. That was awesome. But since then, not really. So how am I going to rank this? You know, how am I going to rank which one I like better and why? It's, I don't want it to be subjective. I want it to be more quantitative because i like saying the word quantitative it makes me sound intellectual and smarty pantsy so how to rank it i figured i'd give the top five performances by each in a top 10 ranking like i'd put all top 10 in and like number 10 on the list gets one point for the ranking nine gets two eight gets three so on and so forth until like the number one movie gets 10 points and i would just calculate up five movies for damon five movies for affleck and see whose score is the winner and so, I mean, I think that's a fair way to do it. It's interesting. I've never seen anyone really do that when a comparison kind of draft. So maybe this is a new thing. Maybe I'm a pioneer. Maybe I'm Christopher Columbus. No, not Christopher Columbus because he was looking for India. And he. I don't even think we celebrate his holiday. Who's a good explorer? Magellan? Did Magellan do anything terrible or like genocide -y? No, maybe. I don't know. I'm not thinking on explorers. Genghis Khan conquered half the world, but he was he was a mean dude. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm going to go with Magellan. So I'm the Magellan of Matt Damon to Ben Affleck comparisons. And I've never seen a Matt Damon versus Ben Affleck podcast. Although I'm sure there's like a billion out there because me and my friend Andrew review one Nick Cage movie a week. I was like, oh, this is kind of original. I wonder if I search it, if there's going to be a Nick Cage podcast. <laughs> and there's like 58 of them. And I mean, God, I mean, well, Nick Cage rules. And I think hats off to people for doing that. But I felt really not cool and really unoriginal and i just said the words uncool and unoriginal man those aren't those aren't very original words <sighs> just take your time max <laughs> so let's hit it okay rankings of ben affleck and matt damon let's go so first the honorable mentions i want to just want to shout out euro trip matt damon playing donnie the lead singer of the scotty doesn't know punk group best cameo ever I guess he was just friends with the director of that movie. He had like no business being in that movie. He's got a shaved head and like a pierced, uh, like a pierced labray, which is right under your lip and just a, like gazed out ears. And it was awesome. It was just like, oh my God, Matt Damon's in this movie. Matt Damon does that a lot. Like he was in Deadpool as a hillbilly. 
he was in one of the Avengers movies as like an actor playing Loki. He's, he's not afraid to, you know, he's not afraid to just take a little silly role and just run with it. But uh, also shout out to Dogma. And I, so Dogma is going to be on there, but I think Damon and Affleck are even in it. So they're, they're both playing angels that are just stuck on earth. Loki, and I can't remember the other guy's name. And like Damon's got this great boardroom rant about movie and false idols. And he kills a bunch of people and Affleck attempts to kill God. And they're both kind of just crazy hamming it up and like them hanging around in the airport as angels, just conversing about how life is for humans. It's all I want from a movie. It's great. So that cancels them out. So that now let's start with number 10, number 10, Ben Affleck. I'm going to go dazed and confused when he played O'Bannon. I love Damon, I mean, Damon can't play a bully the way Affleck can because Affleck's got the size. This is him in like high school. He's, you know, he's got, he's like a second year senior. He's got a souped up pickup truck in like 1970s Texas. And this is a Richard Linklater movie where you like everyone except him. He's just got, he's got no redeeming quality. You just love to hate him. Like he's a football player. He wants to wooden paddle all the freshmen. And like I said, Damien couldn't do this role. And Affleck can play stupid or juvenile way better. I mean, like when they pour the paint on him and he's just embarrassed in front of everybody, it's just like, that's what makes the movie, that you hate the villain and then he gets his comeuppance. And I think Affleck did a fantastic job. Excellent bully, tall, sadistic, overconfident, just perfect. So he's my number 10. Nine, I got Matt Damon's Ocean's Eleven. I got Linus, unique role to Matt Damon, just this kind of nervous calculating pickpocket and he feels outclassed by Danny and Rusty which is kind of ironic because I think Matt Damon at the time probably felt outclassed by George Clooney and Brad Pitt so it's like you can feel the kind of symbiotic relationship in real life versus the movie and his scenes with Terry Benedict as a gaming investigator they just slay me every time he's like funny but not too funny he's like this guy's got a rap sheet as long as my well it's, it's long. <laughs> just, I just love that line. And he's just got great pickpocket skills. Maybe he's a pickpocket in real life. He could probably steal your wallet. Although, I mean, Matt Damon's worth a lot of money. Maybe he just does it for fun and gives the wallet to charity. That's what I think. But I almost did Ocean's, Ocean's 13 just for the Brody nose that he did as a prop and just the insecurity about his dad, who was an FBI agent. But just really funny role. And I, I love that he's okay being a second fiddle and he's okay being insecure, being made fun of, kind of being the butt of all the jokes of the Ocean's Eleven. So just really enjoyed it. Great role. Just great, great Matt Damon. This is like a classic sweet spot Matt Damon role. Eight, I got Ben Affleck in Gone Girl. Uh, he's playing Nick Dune, kind of the perfect charmer who bit off more than he can chew with his wife, Amy, who's, you know, we turn, we find out as a psychopath and is, just, you know, a murderer. But I'm not sure if this counts as acting for Ben Affleck because it's pretty well established that David Fincher, the director, was just fucking with Ben Affleck as a human being. That's what the whole movie was about. The movie's mostly supposed to be based on a book that the female character and her kind of unhappiness in the marriage and her kind of as a character study was supposed to be the main part of the movie. This movie's more about Affleck and it's more about Nick Dune. And I guess Fincher wanted to show how damaging and fucked up a relationship with media can be for someone. Because when his wife goes missing and everyone blames uh, Affleck's character, Dune, you can see how it just wears on him completely. And it's kind of like he wanted to show how Affleck's life had been sidetracked by how brutal the media had been with him and how being in the spotlight for a while just kind of melts your soul. So I'm, I have no clue if Affleck is in on the joke of this, 
but still as Nick Dune, he's really funny. He's smart enough to punch up, punch above his weight with like the all time villain, Annie Dune, Amy Dune. And there's this one scene he's throwing gummy bears while waiting to be on a talk show with his sister and Tyler Perry is their lawyer. And it's just this, he's a smart ass. He's still being a little kid. It's this unique skill set to him that like, He's slimy. You don't, you shouldn't like him, but it's Ben Affleck. So you like him. So you're just kind of like rooting for him to be proven innocent about all this. So I don't know. I don't know if it's acting though, because like I said, Finch was just fucking with him. So, but I still love it. I still love that. I have to ask that question like six years later. Like, I don't know if it was acting or not. Number seven, big Ben back at it again with Armageddon. He was AJ Frost. What a great name. He sounds like a slot receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I mean, that's what he sounds. AJ Frost. He's a hot shot driller. And he and in this movie, it's very important. He got fake teeth, like he got his teeth capped. If you notice, uh Ben Affleck before this has kind of little baby teeth. After this, he's got these big pearly white teeth. It cost twenty thousand dollars. Michael Bay, the director, made him get him get him, and he has, he's had him the rest of his career. So big change for him. And I just love a good Michael Bay movie about an asteroid destroying Earth and that, and that uh, drill Texas oil drillers or I'm not sure where they're from, but like American oil drillers are the only people that can drill a nuclear bomb onto an asteroid as it's floating towards towards Earth. I mean, it's just Michael Bay does best. Just glory, sepia tone, chisel chin heroes. I mean, Ben Affleck's got a great chin and he's just over arrogant. And the, the scene where... He, AJ sac- is going to sacrifice himself to blow up the bomb and Bruce Willis is Harry sacrifice himself instead. It gets me every time. I mean, if you don't cry during that, when you're watching Armageddon, you don't have a soul, you don't have a pulse. And also, I mean, like there's a lot of like these moments where inspirational cry where like his, where AJ's kind of uh space tank gets to the others. And he's like, yeah, we made it. And it's just, I don't know. I tear up and just Affleck with his enthusiasm and kind of cornballness. It just, it makes the movie great. I just really, I just really enjoy it for a Michael Bay movie. And like Bruce Willis, he holds his own with him. And this is Bruce Willis kind of doing his best, you know, I'm a, I'm an action star kind of thing. And AJ, I mean, AJ, like he's actually AJ. And and Ben Affleck just keeps up. Like, I feel like they're similar actors. I wonder if they're, they're friends in real life. I feel like maybe they're too similar and they don't like each other. But I mean, just asteroids, drilling. And I love, if you look at the director's commentary, search Armageddon director's commentary, Ben Affleck's commentary in this movie is the best because he goes to Michael Bay. He's like, why would you train drillers to be astronauts when you can just train astronauts to be drillers? And and Bay goes, just shut up. Just shut up, Ben. (laughs) And it's like, oh, they're the best of the best. Well, what does that mean? It's like, I don't know. They're just the best of the best. It's just, it's so funny. I swear to God, watch it. You'll piss your pants. You'll need a change of pants because you shouldn't be walking around with pee stained pants. And now I've focused too much on urination. So moving on, number six. We're going Maddie D, Maddie Damon. We're going The Martian. He's playing Mark Watney, Ridley Scott movie. Smart ass. He's a botanist left on Mars by himself. Has to survive for over a year. Ingenuity. Feels like a Sorkin script. Just kind of the power of trying and effort and intelligence. The speech he gets at the end where he's like, you just have to begin. That's how I like when I started this podcast today, I was like, I don't want to do it. And then I thought about Mark Watney and his little speech at the end. He's like, you just have to begin solve one problem and solve another you know it's like yeah yeah mark, mark watney that's right so i think matt damon's one of the few actors that can do this solo movie kind of thing where he's just talking into a recording but he's all by himself for two hours of the movie i think tom hanks castaway can do it denzel washington could do it i don't think he's ever done I, max would be closest that he's like in every scene basically 
But those are like the three I think that can do it. I don't know if Ben Affleck could do this if he has like the gravitas. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. So, and this movie was just fun. And also, I mean, Damon's cut in this movie. He's definitely a good looking dude. And he seems like a badass, both physically and mentally. Just great movie. Great late period Ridley Scott. So number five, Matt Damon again. We're going the talented Mr. Ripley. He was playing Tom Ripley. And this movie is just wild. He's like the most vulnerable character I think he's ever been. He's in love with Jude Law's Dickie. And how could he not be? He's just a sun-kissed, mid-1950s, spoiled, rich kid god with blonde hair who plays the saxophone and, you know, dresses in silk silk uh, shirts and all. So I just, this movie's weird. I mean, he's this kind of poor, uh, probably abused guy. And he kind of wants to be in in rich people's he wants to be in he wants to be in like the lap of luxury and he kind of finds his way with jude law's dicky and he can like mimic anybody and he he's deceitful he constantly lies about who he is and what he's doing he's like kind of like bouncing and juggling lives and we can all relate to that at some point like you know you've all put on masks where you're not really who you say you are or who you feel you are and he he kills a, a couple people in this movie and he, but he kind of remorsefully does it he's just this complex character you know he's gay but it's the 50s so he can't really trust anybody and it's this beautiful kind of interpretation of a shattered man so he's like strong in his weaknesses and i mean like when he kills his lover at the end he's just crying he's like i'm sorry and you're like oh man this is creepy and sad and weird and it's just it's a it's not a normal Damon role, but he does it really well. And I guess there's a bunch of books about Mr. Ripley, so he, he could have done a bunch more. I wish he did a bunch more because this is this is a great role. And but also it's to see him in like 50s iconic Italy with Gwyneth Paltrow and Drew Law and Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's just that's in the late 90s when they're all in like their apex. That's good stuff. So three in a row, we got Matt Damon at number four for rounders. I fucking love Rounders. Probably the best poker movie, card movie of all time. I don't think there's a big list, really, of great card movies. But he's playing Mike McD, Mike McDermott. And he's the hero. He's the lifer at the tables. He can read anybody. Like, if you, like, sniff in a certain way at the table, he's like, you got two aces, one jack, and you had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch. And your middle name is Martha. And you're little toe on your left foot was broken when you were seven years old. You're like, my God, how do you know that? It's like, well, you, you sniffed a little bit with your nose to the left. So I picked up on it. It's like, man, you're good, Matt Damon. You're good, Mike McD. You're very good. So this is also the only Matt Damon movie I've ever seen where he, has, he does the voiceover, kind of the Goodfellas, Casino, Deadpool, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Fight Club, explaining everything. And I just love it. Like he explains the tells people have, the world of poker, the different kind of poker rooms, what what happens in the rooms, what happens with the cops. I love when someone explains to me over the top stuff. Like in Narcos, you know, you have the overarching explanation of a world you don't understand. This is our explanation of poker. And it was like late 90s. We didn't know anything about fucking underground poker at this point. So just great. Like you care about Mike. He's a good looking guy too. He's got that great 90s middle part Sean Hunter hair. There's a great Hans Zimmer score that makes it kind of more intense. And him trying to better his life with law school. And you just know he's always going to be a card player. So like when everything goes to shit and his girlfriend leaves him and it looks like he's going to fail out of law school and he's with his friend Worm, who he owes his life to from earlier in high school and now kind of wants to pay it back. And 
he just looks at Worm. He goes, let's just play some fucking cards. And you're like, yeah, yeah, Mike. Yeah, let's play cards. Be who you are. Be who you should truly be. And he's just charming with his friends. I love how he de- deals with Teddy KGB, fucking uh, John Malkovich, in the weirdest Russian accent ever. Hanging around. Hanging around. I swear this kid's got alligator blood. It's just a really over-the-top performance by Malkovich, but uh, Matt Damon stays on the screen with him. And like you believe like their dynamic and their rivalry. I just love it. Great movie. I can it's anytime it's on TV, I gotta watch it. It's so good. So shout out to him. So number three, finally back to Ben Affleck. I got the town. He's he's playing Doug McRae. And remember, he was the director of this movie too. So Damon's not been the director. So this is a big kind of middle finger. I'm better than you to Matt Damon. He also directed Argo, which I think we all thought was good at the time, but no one thought it was gonna be like an Oscar winner. And now now it's an Oscar winner, but no, I can't remember anyone who talks about Argo ever since seeing it, except my dad. My dad loves it, but that's about it. Like, I can't, it's a movie your dad likes, you know what I mean? Like, ask ask your dad, hey, what do you think about Argo? I think it's a dad movie, but this movie is awesome. The town is like, this is a role Damon could never do. This is the De Niro in Heat, kind of uh, Neil McCulley kind of criminal, just shredded, you know, physically reserved he was a hockey prospect former pill popper turned bank robber in a bank robber town like his dad was it it's generational he's so smart about the jobs he scouts things out like they pour bleach all over everything one of some of the best bank robbing scenes and probably the best second best mask when they have those scale skull masks or the nun masks and just like he's smart about assessing the guards (laughs) like i love when jeremy render wants to take a bank down and Affleck's like, there's a guy that wears the vest outside of his shirt and tucks his pants into his boots like he's in the fucking army. I mean, great, great Boston accent. Ben Affleck has a great, I mean, they both have, they're, they're one and two for Boston. Actually, one, two, and three are them two and Mark Wahlberg. I'm not sure who wins, but they're all fantastic because they're from Boston. They actually know what they're doing. The key to a good Boston accent is dropping the R's pretty intensely. And it's always this kind of angry attitude. Like, what the fuck are you looking at me for? You know, that kind of stuff. It's just like, it's there's an attitude to the front of it. It's always like you're trying to prove something to somebody. And actually, it's kind of funny that my first six months in college when I was at Michigan, I faked a Boston accent so I could seem interesting to, you know, girls and other and other people in general. So, yeah, it was weird. I mean, it worked. I mean, I dated a girl who thought I had a Boston accent. So if you're out there, God, was it Jasmine Villanova? I think maybe I apologize for the fake accent, but didn't work out anyway so <laughs> clearly the accent didn't work that well but boston accent's great uh and i just love this is like peak affleck this is just he can be vicious with fergie the flower guy but he can also be sensitive and date the bank teller girl like you want him to get away even though he's a, not a great person and they definitely kill people and him and jeremy renner are on screen are just fantastic when they're going to going head to head like when they're fighting and they're talking about like their futures and I love the scene where Affleck's like go, goes to Renner. He's like, we're going to hurt some people. And I can't tell you why. And then Renner's like, who's Kyle we taking? <laughs> Renner in this movie is all over the place. I fucking love Renner. But Affleck's the center. He's just he's just the core of this movie. Just calm, collected, cool. Everything I want in my robber that I want to root for. Love it. Okay, number two, little controversial, actually. So I am going Matt Damon, Goodwill Hunting. Oh. <gasps> That's right. Yeah, his performance in Good Will Hunting isn't number one. He's playing Will Hunting. I mean, it's fantastic. One of the best performances of all time. You know, he's brilliant. He's intense. Him and Robin Williams in the therapy scenes are just their dynamic of, you know, him being kind of reserved and closed off because all of his relationships with his life and Robin Williams opening him up. And I don't know. I mean, 
the World Series, uh, the World Series scene where they're talking about how Rob Williams missed one of the World Series games and Damon finally starts laughing and kind of gets gets into it. It's like, I can't believe you were at that fucking game. Like that part. I, I absolutely love that. Him and Minnie Driver, really sweet. Kind of you felt their chemistry together. I guess they did in real life, so it makes sense. I think they almost got married. The bar scene where he like shows that Harvard guy what's what's what by showing that the Harvard guy was quoting out of books. That was really great. That's one of the scenes you like a lot. And the, you know, do you like apples? Like, well, I got a number. How you like them apples? That's fucking, that's great. You know, he wrote the movie too with Ben Affleck. So double bonus, really good character you root for. But my number one is Ben Affleck in the same movie, Good Will Hunting, Chucky, heart of the movie. Okay. Every scene he's in, he steals. Like the scene where he's trying to, he's pretending he's Will when he's at a job interview and he's like retainer wearing like a ghetto suit, trying to get as much money as he can out of it. Or when he's in the car and he's like dishing out the burgers and Casey Affleck's like, come on, where's my double burger? He's like, here's your fucking double burger. Like you can just tell that they're friends when he meets Minnie Driver's character and he's just taken, he's just in love with her for Will. He's just the ultimate friend. He's just the greatest selfless friend to Will Hunting. I just love it. Like the construction, and the best part of my day speech is maybe one of my top five scenes of all time when he's talking to Will and he's basically like, if you're here in 20 years, I'll fucking kill you because, you know, you have a gift that none of us have. Like, and he, he says some things that really like hit home. He's like, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'll be 50. Like, you owe it to me to use your gift and, you know, move on with your life. Like, I'm okay being me, but you need to be better because anybody else with this winning lottery ticket or a brain that you have would go on and do it. And I love that uh, he want like the best part of his day is that that 10 seconds when he walks up to the house and he's hoping that Will Hunting's just gone. You know what I mean? That's, that's real friendship that I don't want you to hold me back kind of thing, or I don't want me to hold you back. There you go. And also, I guess the story behind it, the story behind that scene now they knew that was kind of the crux of the movie and the most important scene. And, you know, they've been preparing for it. They wrote, they wrote this movie. They knew like how important it was. And I guess Affleck crushed it on the first take and they didn't know what to do with themselves. Like he had so much energy about it. Like if you look at the scene, the mannerisms in his hands after he's done the speech, like he's goes to puff the cigarette and he can't even puff it. So he just throws it away. And he doesn't even know what to do with the beer in his hand. He kind of drinks it awkwardly and then kind of shuffles off the screen it's like he knew he did something profound and rare and it was out of character for chucky to be that kind of you know philosophical and intense and i think for affleck too he's like oh my god i'm a good actor what what the hell and it's just it's fucking perfect it's art imitating life and vice versa you know friendship loyalty local charm the accent and i mean it, it just all came together and the smile when he finally realizes that will leaves without goodbye that's just heartwarming. And I, I, they feel like Chucky is our avatar for that movie. So, I mean, when I saw that movie, I knew they were both going to be stars, but I was like, Ben Affleck is my guy. Like, that's who I want to be. So doing the math on that, like I said, 10, 10 points for first place for number one, nine points for uh, this number two, eight points for number three, and, you know, all the way up until like one point for 10. So we got a drum roll, please. Man, I have no rhythm. Jesus Christ. That, let's see if I can do that. No, God, I'm really bad at that. Jesus. Um, so so the, the point total is, hold on, doing the math. Do, do, do. Oh, man. So it's Ben Affleck, 26, and Matt Damon, 33. And I knew it. I mean, Damon's too consistent. 
if I went top 10 movies, it would be like Damon 75 and Ben 40. But I think Ben just has a higher ceiling. Like there's all the drama and chaos in his life too off, off the screen. And I just feel more connected to Ben. Like, I just feel like at his apex, that's who I want. Like 27, 28 year old focused Ben Affleck is who I wanted in a movie. Matt Damon's so close and he does so much more consistently in all these other roles. So, I mean, he's got more longevity and all, but I just like Ben. Okay. So I don't care what the score says, even though, I mean, if you ask a hundred people, I'm guessing 90 will say Matt Damon had a better career and had better movies, but you know, there's those 10%, those Affleck, those Affleck addicts like me. So I love Ben Affleck. I love them both though. So this is just a fun exercise. And like I said, I guess my head knows it's Matt Damon, but my heart says it's Ben. So Ben, if you listen to this, call me, we'll talk, we'll talk. We'll talk about the Chucky scene like a lot and make some basketball because I got some questions about the way back in general because that movie should have been a lot better. It's like the guy directed Warrior and that movie is not good. Neither was Triple Frontier. Neither was Winner Winner. Yeah, he's a lot. He's a lot of failures. Phantoms ruled though. And so did Chasing Amy. Okay, now I'm just now I'm Ben Affleck ranting. He'll do another podcast on Ben Affleck. But till then, later.